I don't know about y'all, but I was working up a sweat over here. Pastor Jeff is kind of elbowing me going, dude, stop dancing. <laughs> Can't do that in this church. <laughs> said, it's, it's Easter. I can wear pink pants and I can dance. Don't mess with me. Man, what a time of worship. And they're coming back. So I'm going to preach fast, and, uh, but I don't want to shortchange God's word. So go with me to 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 1. We're going to read all the way through verses 3 um, through 9. And uh, I'm only really going to preach on verse 3 um, because there's so much here. But I want you to hear all of the verses. That way you hear a lot of God's word and you hear less of me because there's going to be more of him than more of me, which is way more important. So 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 9. Just listen, listen real, really well because there's just lots of... Lots of power in these words as we consider how um, our God is resurrecting me. Amen. Verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth. And really latch on to verse 3. That's what we're looking at. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Verse 4, and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith, on three, say faith, one, two, three, faith, are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Verse 6, in all this you greatly rejoice. In all of this you greatly rejoice. Though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Who can relate to that? You've had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. There's all kinds of junk that's messing with us today. Verse 7, these have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith. One, two, three, faith. Faith. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes, which perishes, the gold perishes, even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Verse 8. Though you have not seen him, you love him, and even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with, filled with inexpressible and glorious joy. You see a theme here? Joy, praise, all those things, even in the midst of your trials and your sorrows. You believe in him and are filled with inexpressible and glorious joy. Verse 9, for you are receiving the end result of your one, two, three. Faith. <laughs> I get it. Faith, the salvation of your souls. Father God, in these moments we have, May your spirit be present here, and may you bring life out of death. In Jesus' name, amen. So there's a, there's a time of the year where you will see some of our high school students carrying around uh, little baby carriers with fake babies in them. Fake babies, not real babies. <laughs> not real babies, all right? Fake babies. But the baby kind of acts like a real baby. It's, it's electronic. And so the baby has the capacity to make noise. 
So it'll, it'll, it'll kind of, you know, it'll make those baby sounds. And it, when, it, when it gets upset, it'll cry. It'll cry really loud. My daughter had one of these things. And, and I was like, you make sure you keep that thing over there on your side of the house because I don't want to hear it, right? So she had one, and it, 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 it cries, and, it, and I guess it, it, can, it can have a dirty diaper, and you have to clean the, the diaper, and, it, and it, I guess it can be happy too. I don't know. Can it be happy? It can coo and stuff? No, it's just always sad. That's a rough life right there, isn't it? <laughs> always sad, colicky baby, right? <laughs> now, I guess it can be happy too, but they carry these things around. It's kind of funny when you have a kid that has one of these, and you're walking through a store. You get all kinds of judgmental looks, right? You've got a teenage daughter that's got a baby. Woo! Right? That's rough, man. I think my daughter kind of enjoyed that, though. It's just like, yeah, judge me. You go ahead. <laughs> or maybe they do cruel things to the little baby, like leave it somewhere. Just leave it. See what happens if people walk by. But anyway, so, so they have these babies. They're carrying them around and, and so forth. And they make noise. They act like a real baby. And, and the kids have to kind of, they have to take care of it. You know, they get, it's got a pacifier. It's got a bottle. You got to feed it. You got to do all all the baby stuff, right? And, and I asked my daughter, I actually said, so what's the, the baby project? What's the point of the baby project? And she very uh, directly said back to me, well, it's the teachers not to have sex, Dad. <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, let's order up some twins, right? <laughs> Dude, can we get quintuplets? Let's, <laughs> if that's birth control, bring it. <laughs> no, but here's the thing, here's the thing. I think, that, I think that there's a bigger thing going on here, and that is to give the kids a different perspective, to help them sort of begin to see things slightly differently. Because when you're a kid, when you're young, when you're a teenager, when you're doing life pre-marriage and pre-baby years, it's all about you. You can do whatever you want, go wherever you want. You know, you don't have to consult with anybody or anything. You just can go. But if you add a new life, if, 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 a, if a baby comes into your world, you have another human being that you have to think about and, and be concerned about. You've got to make sure that they are nourished and fed and, and, and comforted and, and taken care of. That changes your perspective on a lot of things. Yeah, all the parents in here should have said, Amen. <laughs> Because you thought you were done with little, little Johnny, right? We're done, honey. We're going to do it. And, and your husband was too chicken to go get that little procedure done. So guess what? You got a surprise. <laughs> Say amen. Come on, y'all. <laughs> How many of y'all got some amen surprises out there? Yeah. You don't tell the kid that they were the accident, right? Because that will ruin their little self-esteem. But hey, you know you weren't trying to have that, that, that other one, right? Because Why? Baby changes your life, man. It's an event. It's an event that, that, that totally changes your lifestyle and changes your attitude. Changes your lifestyle because you got to, man, you got to rearrange the house. You got to rearrange your life. You got to think about a, you know, when you travel, when you have kids, it's like you're, you got to take everything, right? You got 15 bags and car strollers and car carriers and baby wipes and bags and everything. It just changes your whole lifestyle, right? Attitude changes. You see things differently. Now I got to think about, I got to think about this child and how they're going to be taken care of and how they're going to be educated and 
how they're going to learn about Jesus and the church and whole attitude changes. You slowly begin to forget about you and what's, what's so important to you. You begin to focus on these, on these little ones that you have. I think, I think that the baby project is really a lot about change of perspective, which changes the way you live, changes the attitude with which you live. So hang with me. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 9. Peter is giving us an opportunity to understand the new perspective that we have with the new birth. Because if you have come to faith in Jesus Christ, you have received him as Lord and Savior, and you've experienced the new birth, you've got a different perspective on things. Things are different to you. And so whatever trial comes your way, whatever Whatever thing sort of comes along and, 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 and drags you down, whatever burden you must carry, whatever trial you must face, you don't see it the same way. You've got a different way. What does he call it? He calls it a, a living hope. And this great mercy he has given us, new birth into a living hope, a living hope through this, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So Peter's looking at this thing going, uh, he's speaking to a church that's under persecution, severe persecution. It's bad. Things are rough. And he, Peter's writing to them to, to almost deliver to them a message, uh, like a, almost like a sermon. And he's, he's delivering it to them, understanding the tremendous pressure that they're under. A lot of them are new Christians. A lot of them haven't been in the faith very long. They weren't around when Jesus was on earth, so they don't have the benefit of, of having experienced Jesus for real in person. So they are, they are absolutely dependent upon the faith, right? Because that's what he says here. He says, you believe and you haven't even seen him. You believe he isn't even here, and you believe. <coughs> Excuse me. So, so he's, he's delivering them to them a message that they need to hear to help them understand the perspective that people who have been reborn should have about what they're going through. And, and this community, you understand, our community's been, been walloped this week. We lost a, a dear friend to many and a leader to an organization that we all know about and many of you work for. And it's rocked a lot of people. But I got to tell you, I was at the funeral yesterday, and I saw, these, I saw these young ladies that our dear friend Rob left behind. I saw these four daughters. We always had that in connection. I was like, man, you're beating me in the girl department, because he had that little surprise come along, right? So, so but I've got three. He's, he had, you know, he had four, and he has four. And so, these little girls, not so little, all of them, got up front. And they spoke from their perspective about the kingdom of a God and about their Jesus and about the promise of a resurrection. They spoke from a different perspective. They didn't have the perspective of people who don't believe that there's something after this life. They didn't have the perspective of somebody who just says, oh, this is, this is all we get and, and we just move on, so live it up now. They, they spoke from this perspective saying, no, no. This is the way I see things. That there is a Jesus who came, he lived, and he died on my behalf. And our daddy believed that. So you know what? We're going to see our daddy again. 
And they spoke with such poise and strength and conviction. And you want to know why? Because when you have the right perspective, baby, you can speak in any trial. You can step up there and you can speak with confidence in the, in the, in the midst of anything that you face. You can step up there and say, I, yeah, I, that's all right. I'm going to talk about this because I know, I know what's going to happen. I know whom I have believed, right? And I'm persuaded very deeply that there's more beyond this life. And that's what, that's what, that's what Peter's trying to communicate to his people, that, that you got to have a change of perspective, which leads to a change of attitude and a change of your lifestyle, right? So you and I, we sort of live a resurrection attitude and a resurrection lifestyle. We don't understand death the same way that people who don't understand what, what we understand, understand death. We live differently. Our lifestyle conveys life, not death. In other words, when Christians come around, we shouldn't drag everybody down, people, come on. <laughs> Rather, we should bring a little life to any situation. And that doesn't mean you're the kind of happy-go-lucky, cliche-throwing-around Christian, all right, don't get me wrong. But there's a presence about you, there's something about you that when people see you, there's strength. They can, you can identify and you can empathize and you can be with them, but at the end of the day, you don't suck life out of people because you understand the resurrected Jesus. You bring life to a situation. Christians, never be accused of dragging people and things and places down. We blow in and the, and the thing should go up. There should be new life that springs up. People shouldn't be talking about how they need to get away from us or they're going to die. <laughs> they should understand that we have a different lifestyle and a different attitude because we have a different perspective. Jesus hinted at that. <coughs> Jesus said this. <clears throat> Jesus said in John 11, verses 25 through 26, he said, uh, I am the resurrection and the life. So he was imitating the sort of attitude that we should have. I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though he dies, right? Even though, sorry, uh, the one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives, uh, uh, lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this is what he says, right? So Jesus even showed us the resurrection attitude that we should have. There's another passage here, again, hinting at the notion that there is a certain sort of uh, lifestyle and a certain sort of attitude that we should have. So Jesus says uh, in Luke 9, 23, then he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must not deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. So this faith thing, this resurrection perspective this faith perspective isn't simply centered in a one-time event, but it's meant to be a daily lifestyle experience. Easter should be the reality every day of the week, not just in the spring of the year. It should, be, it should emanate from you a sense of life, a sense that the, the God of the universe has brought you from death to life. Here's another passage where Jesus speaks to, where Paul speaks to our attitude as those who have experienced the new birth and 
who have this resurrection attitude, he says this, for to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. That's a different sort of attitude. That's placing the value of life and living not in the present, but actually in the future. And I know that's a hard bridge to go over a lot of times because we, we want the best in this life and we, we mourn, we're mournful and we're sorrowful and we understand the pain of the loss of life in this life. But at the end of the day, the perspective that drives you is not so much the life and the living here, but ultimately the life and the living in the new earth with the God of the universe, and with the Jesus who brings you back. So hang on with me. We're gonna, we're, we still got to sing that one last song. But uh, let, me, let me end with um, a little bit of a story here. Y'all can come on up. <clears throat> a resurrection way of thinking, a, a resurrection perspective, uh, a faith perspective that drives us that says we, we're going to live again. And that's, that's reality now, that, that Jesus brings life now. He, he's still bringing things back to life now. He's bringing your relationships back. He's doing all kinds of stuff, right? So there's this, there's this fighter in the early 1900s by the name of Stanley Ketchell. Stanley Ketchell. Stanley Ketchell was a, a middleweight fighter but he liked to fight the heavyweights. He liked to fight dudes that were heavier than him and bigger than him. He was a pretty fierce fighter. He, he, um, he was just kind of angry. And uh, one of the things that, that drove him is just getting knocked down. So if you, if you knocked him down, he'd stay down for a little while. But when he got back up, he was, he was hot. He was ready to fight even harder. Um, the, one of the ways that he would get excited, he would get up for a fight, he'd get, he'd get fight ready, was that he would imagine, he loved his mom very dearly. Dearly, he was a mama's boy in every sense of the word. But he would imagine the other fighter that he was going to fight insulting his mother. <laughs> and so that would get him all hyped to, to go fight this guy, right? Um, but everybody knew that when Stanley Ketchell got in the ring, you never knew when the fight would be over because... The, the more he got knocked down, the angrier he got and the more he wanted to fight. He would get back up and knock down bigger guys and win the fight very often. So um, because of his hot temper, he got into an altercation with the farmhand one time. And the farmhand literally took out a gun and shot him and, and killed him. Word spread about it and word got to one of his friends um, that Stanley had been shot and killed. And... Uh, uh, his friend sort of jokingly responded. He said, listen, go and stand near Stanley Ketchell and start counting. And when you get to nine, he's going to get back up. <laughs> so here's the thing. You may be down, but the God of the universe is in the business of bringing people back. And whatever part of your life, wherever you are, thank you. Everybody's helping me out today. It's awesome. <laughs> Woo! They're like, their brother's suffering up there. Help him out. <laughs> Whatever part of your life is dead or dying, the God of the universe has started to count. <laughs> he says, don't you stay down. Don't, don't, you, don't you live with that wrong perspective that once you've been knocked down, you never get up. 
king of the universe has started counting. And you can get up now. You don't have to stay down. You can get up at one. In fact, read through your Bible all the instances, and it may take just one, two, who knows how many, but it'll take, it, you start counting and you'll see that whatever has you down, whatever trial has befallen you, you do not have to stay down. God is in the business of bringing you back. And because you've experienced a new birth, your perspective is different. Yes, it's bad. Yes, I lost the job and I lost the relationship and I lost the money and I lost, I lost, I lost, I don't have, I'm down, I'm down, I'm down. It should make you all the more committed to believing and trusting in this Jesus who will bring you back to life. Like Stanley Ketchell, man, you get knocked down long enough, you just come back with an attitude that says, uh-uh, I serve a God who started counting, and I'm going to believe, and I'm going to get back up on my feet, and I'm going to live with a different perspective about the things that, 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 that try to mess me up and try to take me out. And ultimately, even if they do take me out, guess what? I know, I know that there is a day coming. Jesus will bring me back different perspective Jesus is doing all kinds of resurrections man let him do one in your life don't forget as you leave we got people with baskets at the back take those cards go pray over them from set for seven days start counting start counting God's gonna bring new life to the dead places in your soul to the dead places in your life. God bless.